Today, on the very first Providence Crier podcast, we have a welcome to the pod. We'll discuss the Crier prophecy. Uh, We'll talk about PC's two exhibition games. And we'll end with a rant about the Big East future 11th member, the Yukon Huskies. All right, let's eat. Man up in my city on the roof, yeah. David Duke went away about a hoop, babe. The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The reverse. Oh, baby. The Big East. Edward Kuhn back. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself. Mike Surratt. Man up in my city on the roof, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh? Cross over, I might throw the alley oop. But they sleeping on me while I take them back to school. Man up in my city on the roof, yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the very first The Province Crier podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, The Province Crier himself. You can read my blog, theprovidencecrier.wordpress.com, or follow me on Twitter, at Providence Crier. First off, I want to give a shout-out to local Providence rapper D. Gomes. He let me use his um, track entitled David Duke, named after his buddy and the Prince of Providence, sophomore guard David Duke Jr. Um, really cool of him to let me use his track for the intro. I think it turned out pretty well. But, um, you know, for those of you who haven't read the blog, the Problems Crier blog, uh, it's a blog I started back in 2017. But the name, the Province Crier, I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of questions. How did the name come about? Well, let me regale you in a quick tale. Um, it was 2014. The Friars were coming off their... Big East Tournament Championship against Creighton. They ended up playing UNC in the first round of the NCAA Tournament. Living in Boston, you know, I have a bunch of PC buddies that that, that also live in the city with me. I had them and a bunch of friends over for a party for the game. We got a keg. We're all amped to see our Friars play in the NCAA Tournament. Fortunately, Despite Bryce Cotton's heroic effort of 36 points against Story Hills, we ended up falling by two points. Um, suffice to say, I ended up drinking my sorrows away. And um, I was seen later that evening, the wee hours of the morning, on the, crowd, uh, on the couch crying. Um, you know, I, I'm not embarrassed about it. You know what? It happens. Men do cry. I'm surprised at my tears, sir. Oh, fucking hate. Strong men also cry. 
Strong men also cry. Yes, thank you, Mr. Jeffrey Lebowski. Strong men do cry. And I happen to be one of them. I mean, it was a tough game. You know, Bryce Cotton and the boys, they played their hearts out and ended up with an L. And it was tough. And, uh, you know, I, I, I took it to heart, you know, left my uh, emotions out on the field there. So suffice to say, um, people dubbed me with the name The Province Crier. And I thought to myself, instead of being ashamed of it, I would just start a blog. So 2017, started writing about the team. Um, been running since. Um, you know, as the intro did say, I am four feet tall. And because of that, you know, I may not have the voice for radio or a podcast, but I mean, if there are guys out there like Scott Ferrall that can have a national radio show in CBS, I mean, I, I think I can too. Like, take a listen to this guy. The Falcons lost again. They're 1-7, 1-3 at home, and no one can. It's inexplicable why they haven't fired this guy yet. Like, what are they, best friends with him or something? I mean, that guy sounds like he smoked a pack a day for 30 years. I mean, I'm not making fun of him. I mean, us weird-sounding voice guys got to stick together. But, I mean, I, I think if he can have a national radio show, I, I think I can have a podcast about our Friars. And, you know, I, I felt like I'm always on the Internet searching for province content anywhere I can find it. I feel like there's never enough. So I thought to myself, why not? Make a pod for all you Friar fans out there. You know, I think it'd just be a disservice if I didn't. Um, so, yeah, I'm four feet tall, graduated from Province College in 2012. I actually worked for the PC Hoops team, um, you know, starting when I was a freshman in 2008, the start of the dark time, the Keno Davis era. I know it was it was as tough for you as it was for me. Uh, you know, I thought Keno was a great guy. I thought the staff were all great people. They all meant well, but I, I think end of the day they just weren't ready to lead a major D one program. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Keno ended up getting fired at the end of my junior year. They hired. Ed Cooley, our savior, uh, my senior year. And, you know, I, I didn't work for the team as much senior year, but, um, you know, regardless, I've always been a huge Fire fan. And, um, you know, growing up in New England, I'm a big time New England sports fan, uh, root for the Pats, uh, Sox, Celtics, a little bit of the Bruins. I'm not a huge hockey guy, but, uh, over for the Bruins a little bit, even though I, I think Tuka Rath sucks, but I mean, that's, that's for another conversation. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm going to bring that fire. I'm going to bring that passion. Maybe I'm overcompensating for something. I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, 
but uh, I, I I think I bring that passion that that, that you all in Firetown want to listen to. So here it is, the prior uh, the Province Crier podcast coming at you live. Um, it is Wednesday, October thirtieth. We are two weeks from the season, and honestly, I, I don't I can't think of a better time than to start the podcast than now because. Again, for those of you that read the blog, um, back when PC landed a commitment from Dave Duke, from Adrian Reeves, I I had an epiphany from the college hoops gods that the Providence College Friars would return to the Final Four for the first time since 1987. When, you ask? Yes, this year. 2019-2020. We're going to make it, guys. Um, and I'll tell you, watching the team last year, I was a bit concerned about the prophecy. Um, last year was brutal. It was terrible. I mean, the team was so bad at offense, and yet the whole, like, Ed Cooley They'll play it tough. They'll be physical. That was all there, but, like, we couldn't put the ball in the basket. End of the day, that's how you have to win. So, you know, it took a toll on me. I admittedly didn't write as much as I wanted to about the team. It's because I was so frustrated. Maybe if I had a podcast, I mean, who knows? Maybe that would be a better avenue to, like, get out my frustrations on the team than it would be to write out my thoughts. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end, end of last year, it, it was not looking good. Missed the tournament for the first time in, in um, six seasons. Ended up playing Arkansas in the NIT. Got our asses kicked. That, that was not a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> it was brutal. But this offseason, things started to look up. Um, we ended up Makai Ashton Langford, kid from Worcester. I grew up in Shrewsbury, which is right outside of Worcester, Massachusetts. So I was a big fan of his. Unfortunately, like, let's call a spade a spade here. He just did not perform. Uh, he had that huge game against URI his freshman year. I think, ironically, his best game in a Friar uniform was ultimately his downfall. I mean, if you guys remember that game, he was able to get to the bucket. He was kind of carrying us offensively. But then late in the game, he just melted down the free throw line. I, I think his confidence was shot ever since. And then last year, split in time with David Duke, um, Malik White, it just didn't go well. And, you know, fortunately, as Friar fans, I mean, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but his dad <laughs> often expressed his frustrations with the program. That's like, dude, like look in the mirror. Like it'd be one thing if your son was like putting up points like game after game, he wasn't getting the time, but like he was, he was brutal. I mean, he was good for what? Like a bucket, maybe a couple free throws, maybe take a charge. That's nice. I like charges. Um, but, I mean, like, you can't get that production from the point guard spot and expect 
to win basketball games. I mean, ultimately, the Friars didn't win as many as we would have liked. But um, so he ends up transferring um, to BC. Didn't stop his dad from like posting tweets, like taking shots at Friartown. Follow me on Twitter. I got in a little beef with him. I mean, maybe I was kind of out of line, but I mean, we had to put up with the guy the whole season on Twitter. So enough was enough. And I decided to, you know, respond to him. We got in a beef. He ended up blocking me, whatever. I've had people block me. I've had Dick Vitale block me. I mean, I don't know if you follow Dick Vitale on Twitter, but he is brutal. He just like posts. He posts like live videos a lot, which is strange. Like you think an older guy like wouldn't be this in tune with social media, but the guy like posts these live these live videos and his takes on the Tampa Bay Rays and like Notre Dame football. It's like, dude, like knock it off. So he blocked me too, but you know, the crier isn't really here to make friends, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the offseason with Makai first leaving ended up opening a lot of doors. Uh, we ended up getting Luan Pipkins from UMass, the transfer as a grad transfer. So he'll be our starting point guard this upcoming season. Honestly, I couldn't be more fired up for that. I mean, you know, I, I've talked to buddies that are UMass fans and they're like, oh, you know. He's locker room cancer. He's got bad attitude. You know what? Like, I don't care. I think Providence could have used that last year. The guy was a bit of an asshole. I mean, you know, like, why not? Um, if everyone's super nice to each other, I mean, when things get tough, like, who's going to be that guy to step up and say something? I mean, clearly it didn't happen. So I'm all about Luan Pipkins. My uh, roommate came up with the phrase Scott Pipkins, like got melt, you know. But uh, I'm excited for him. I, I think he'll he'll be that guy that can score at the point guard position, which is vital for any Ed Cooley team that you've watched the past, you know, seven years. Um, I think he'll be big on pick and roll. We didn't use much pick and roll, which boggles my mind, like, you got guys like Nate Watson that are athletic big men. Like, why are we using the pick and roll to generate some sort of offense? Right. I mean, and I, I think hopefully Pipkins can do that. Um, we also added two other transfers, Jared Bynum, a freshman guard from uh, St. Joe's in A10 as well. Um, I'm big on him. I mean, he has to sit out this year, but, um, you know, scoring like – I think he scored like 12 points a game as a freshman, three assists. He gets a year to sit and learn the system. I mean, I think that's a great add, um, especially with losing Pipkins, losing Malik White. I mean, who knows what happens with David Duke if he takes off this year. Um, I think that's a great add. And then they also got uh, Noah Horchler from UNF, uh, North Florida. Um he was a guy that, that put up some numbers in the A-Sun. I mean, I know the A-Sun's not, like, not the greatest conference in the world, but, I mean, hey, if you can ball, you can ball. And, I mean, I think he could be a useful asset for PC going forward. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think with, and then Diallo decides to stay at PC for a senior year, which is huge. Um, you know, a lot of my PC buddies give me grief about Diallo, which is, in my opinion, crazy. I, I, you know, the guy was second team biggies for a reason. Um, I, I think he's a matchup nightmare for anyone guarding him because, I mean, he's a big guy. But he's too small for like he's too small and quick for bigs to defend. And then if he posts up a guard, like forget about it. Like he's scoring. Um, and I think he's a guy that that plays better with good talent around him. I think we saw that early in his PC career, and I think we saw that in the Pan Am Games. Um, he was the leading scorer on a guy uh, on a team that had Miles Powell, who, in my opinion. Is going to be one of the best college players uh, in the whole sport this year. So I think Diallo thrives on playing with good players around him. And I think with the addition of Pipkins, I think, you know, David Duke and AJ Reeves getting that extra year of seasoning, um, you know, I think he could be in for a big year. And I, I think the team is going to be really successful. Um, Matt Norlander of CBS Sports actually picked PC as a dark horse Final Four team. Um, he also ranked them preseason number 15, where, I mean, uh, if you guys have seen the, the AP poll, they only got one vote for the top 25. So him putting us at 15 is a huge deal. And I kind of think just the stars are aligning. I mean, I think the Providence Crier prophecy that I've been told is going to happen. I think this year this team can honestly – I think they can win the Big East. And um, I think they can honestly make the Final Four. Uh, call me crazy. I mean, granted, like, we, we got to see it on the court first. I mean, adding these guys and, you know, the guys getting more mature, that's one thing. But we got to see it on the court. Um, and – Recently, we did kind of get a little glimpse of this upcoming Friar team. Um, they had their preseason opener against uh, Stonehill. Ed Cooley's alma mater. Um, I didn't watch the game. I have season tickets. Um, so I'm sure if you want to find me at the dunk this year, you certainly can. I'm the four-foot guy with a walker, so I shouldn't be too hard to find. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't go to the expedition, to be honest. I mean, going from Boston to Providence for a game against a D2 team isn't too appealing to me. I mean, as much as I love the Friars, I mean, it's just not something I'm looking to do. But <laughs> I did listen to the game on the radio. Um, you know, a few things I, I thought at, at stretches it sounded like this, the Friars were playing – Pretty well. Um, great to see Emmett hold back. Uh, you know, he, he logged solid minutes in, in, in that game. He had a double-double. Um, that was huge. Um, and then, you know, he was that guy two years ago before he had the abdominal injury. He, he was that nasty. He was that attitude that our team had. Um in that season where we we went to the tournament, we ended up playing USC in, in the first four or whatever. Um, 
didn't really want to talk about that game. That was pretty brutal. It was like the best half of Providence College basketball followed by the worst half of Providence College basketball in, in the Ed Cooley era. That was brutal. But um, Emma Holt was a force in that game. He was a force all season. Coming from Indiana, um, I, I think he was a great ad by the team. Unfortunately, he had to sit out, you know, the whole season due to that abdominal injury. And last year, we thought maybe he'd come back. I thought maybe it was a godsend for the team. You know, they'd be a little younger, and having him on the team last year would, would be good. But unfortunately, he, he just wasn't in the condition to, to play, you know, major college basketball for a full season. So, fortunately for us, he got that medical red shirt, and he is back. So, it, it was great to see him, um, you know, Back in the court again in producing. I mean, I, I think that's all we could ask for um, out of Emma Holt. And, um, you know, PC won that game by 19. 87-68 was your final. You know, like I said, you know, they showed moments where um, they were progressing. Like, they show flashes of the team that I think they can be this year. Um but unfortunately, we did see some things that crept up last year. The offense started to slow down. Stonehill got back in the game. Um, that guy, Brandon Twitty, was just raining threes. I was listening to the game on the radio. It was just like, can we, like, get a man on this guy? Like, what is going on? But, um, you know, they bounced back. They got the victory. It's really all you can ask for, to be honest. And nobody got hurt. You know, uh, the team's already dealing with issues before the season even started with Nate Watson um, spreading his MCL. Um, so he was out. Pipkins dealing with a, with a knee or a hamstring. I think it was a knee, now it's a hamstring. He sat out the Panaham games, uh, didn't play in the first exhibition at Stonehill. So, I mean, the fact that all the guys made it through that game. That the guys that were playing made it through that game without getting hurt. I, th- I think is is really all you can ask for. Um, then uh, last Sunday, they went out to Indy for a one of those secret scrimmages. Which, in my opinion, that's so dumb. Like, why not have the media and like fans at the game? Like, like what are you going to accomplish that you don't want people seeing on tape? in that game. <laughs> like, I think, you know, we were seeing like these exhibition games for charity, like PC had one against UConn um, a few years back. Like, well, why not do that for this PC Purdue game? But that's neither here nor there. But the Friars ended up coming out with the win against the Boilermakers. Um, uh, the, the final score there looks they won by like yeah, sixty to fifty three was your final there. Um, I mean, that's a great result. I mean, Purdue, number twenty three team preseason. Um, you know, I was reading on Twitter that they were without one of their guards, like no no gel Eastern or something like that. They seemed to think that was a big deal, but I mean, little did they know we were out. We were without Nate uh, Nate Watson, who I think. Can be a dominant big in the Big East, and 
you know, we held our own against a team that's pretty big. Um, Matt Harms, I don't know if you've seen that guy. He's a ginormous uh, guy from the Netherlands on Purdue. He's always – I watch a ton of hoops, so, like, I watch Big Ten, Pac-12, or Pac-10, I guess, you know, Big 12. I, I watch it all. I'm kind of a hoops junkie. I don't know if you've watched much Purdue ball in the past few years, but – Matt Harms, this guy like is always doing his hair like in between whistles. It's pretty outrageous. I mean, I consider myself a guy that has pretty solid hair um, myself. But you know, if I was playing hoops, I mean, granted, my basketball career wasn't much of anything considering I'm four feet tall. But uh, I mean, if I was playing in major D one hoops, I don't think I'm doing like fixing my hair like every friggin' am one I make, but regardless, um, our bigs ended up holding up pretty good, even without Nate Watson. Uh, Holt ended up playing 22 minutes, which is awesome. Um, Khalif Young, who I think, you know, he's not the best big man, but like, what I like about him is he runs the floor, he runs the floor well and he plays hard. I mean, for a big man off the bench, that's really all he can ask for. Um, but it was great to see those two and then, you know, the rest of the team hold their own on, on the boards against a big team like Purdue. Um, real, real positive sign. I mean, obviously I didn't see any of the game, but also big uh, Pipkins. Juan Pipkins, he ended up getting 17 minutes. He, I mean, you know, looking at the stat sheet, his numbers didn't really blow you off. You know, doesn't really get you too excited. You only have five points, but – See him playing, I think, is a good thing. Uh, hopefully, he'll be ready in a week for the Sacred Heart game. Um, I'm pretty sure Nate Watson will be out for that. Um, you know, he sprained his MCL like right before Midnight Madness, and I'm, you know, I kind of Google searched it, uh, and you know, that's an injury that takes like four or six weeks, so. Hopefully he only misses a game or two. Um, I will say that 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 North that Northwestern game 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 number three that game terrifies me. I mean Northwestern. I don't think they're projected to be any good at all. But anytime you play like a major conference team on the road early in the season, you never know. Um, you look at last year, PC played Wichita State. In, um, in that neutral site game at Navy and, you know, PC lost a tight one there. And it was like, like, I knew that was bad news because that Wichita State team, I knew wasn't going to be very good. Um, to lose them early, you know, that, that just gets the season off on a wrong foot. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, Early in the season, all these teams have so much hope. You never know what what type of game you're going to get. Um, but, you know, I, I I think that game does make me nervous. But and Nate Watson or no Nate Watson, I, I think we should still win that game. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, um, all right, so next we're going to get to a rant. I have a rant about our – Newest member, the Yukon Huskies, the 11th member of the Big East. They'll be joining us next year. 
Um, and it's kind of got buried, but um, a little back and forth between Ed Cooley and current UConn coach Dan Hurley, former coach, obviously, as you all know, of uh, the URI Rams. But um, before we get to my rant, let's hear a quick uh, word from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Province Crier podcast. We're going to end today's episode with a little rant I have um, on the story that, that kind of got buried, but uh, we had a little back and forth between Ed Cooley and current UConn basketball coach Dan Hurley, who obviously was the coach at URI um, for several years, and him and Cooley had a little back and forth here. But um, I just want to preface with I'm all for UConn joining the Big East. Um, They'll be coming back to the conference, becoming our 11th member starting next season for basketball amongst other sports. Um, at the end of the day, UConn's a great brand. Um, they have national staying power. And, you know, they, they've been a part of some great moments within the Big East. Um, you look at their performances that they've had in Madison Square Garden. You look at the success they've had in the NCAA tournament representing the Big East. Um I think it's it's a smart move to bring them back. They're going to be able to play, you know, renew those rivalries with schools like Province, with schools like Georgetown, Villanova. Um, you know, I think that's only going to benefit um, them and the conference. Um, and, you know, UConn obviously has that problem with their football team. Um, becoming the 11th member, they'll be really the only member of the current Big East that has any sort of division one football program. And, you know, I, a lot of Friar fans might complain about bringing UConn back. Um, You know, some felt like, Oh, they were chasing, you know, the pot of gold uh, with football and, you know, they would have left us for any other conference like the ACC or, um, you know, the Big Ten or, or what have you. But, um, and so some Friar fans want to be bitter about that, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be petty, to be honest. Um, I just want what's best for the conference. And I think bring UConn back will only elevate the conference. It will even elevate PC, I think. Um, I, I think it will be great. But um, you look at their football program – I'm not too concerned about it, guys. Let's be real. Their football program is absolute garbage. Um, you know, they, they, they had some momentum when they first came in to um, Division One back in 2002, I believe. Um, you know, they had some success. They made some bowls. They made an appearance in the Fiesta Bowl where they got blown out by Oklahoma. But... Um, they did have some early success, but I just don't see the long-term viability of not only UConn's college football program, but really any college football program in the Northeast. Um, you know, I think it's hard to attract athletes to come play up North. And, 
you know, you might say, oh, well, you know, here you are, a fan of the Friars. Um, but basketball is different. Basketball, you only need 12, 15 players. Um, and if you look at, you know, where talent, high school talent comes from, you know, New England, New York area, you know, they, they have plenty of high school talent, whereas in football, it's just, it's just not as common. Uh, the talent's just not, the talent pool is just not as great um, producing athletes from around here for football. Um, and, you know, you need to feel a massive team. So, you know, I, I just don't see, you know, and especially UConn football, for example, and the American, they're never going to be relevant in college football, you know, based on making the college football playoff. Just look at UCF, uh, the UCF Knights. They went undefeated in the American. You know, they, they had all the success. They blew teams out. Um, they even dubbed themselves as national champs. I mean, why not, right? Uh, they weren't beaten. So I have no problem with them calling themselves the national champions, even if they might not be the national champions. But, I mean, that's just my whole point here is that UCF can win all these games and it, they don't even get a sniff at the college football playoff. And ultimately, that's really all that matters. Um, in my opinion, I think all these bowls are just a waste of money and time. Like, great, you're playing in the Meineke Car Care Bowl. You're, you're in the Pinstripe Bowl. Or even Fenway is coming up with their own dumb bowl. Like, it's an exhibition game. Like, half these guys don't even want to play in it. And all that matters is making the college football playoff. And I don't think that's going to happen with a program in the American. Um, you look at BC, for example, another program in the Northeast, at least they're in the ACC. They have a little more visibility, a little more viability, but even them, I mean, they had some success with like Matt Ryan, but other than that, they haven't been relevant either. So, I mean, I really don't see the, the benefit and a New England um, collegiate football team that plays major D1 football. Um, which brings us to this article that I came across um, from the CT Post, Connecticut Post, written by Jeff Jacobs, who's a longtime colum columnist in Connecticut for the Connecticut Post. Uh, the the article is entitled, Hurley vs. Cooley Has That Old Biggie's Feel. Um, so at Big East Media Day, Ed Cooley was asked about the addition of UConn, what it would bring to the conference. And, you know, he just let his opinion known about what he thought about UConn's athletics and the football program. So uh, this is what he had to say. I think we gave Connecticut new life. We gave their fan base new life. I think finally... Uh, they finally came to the conclusion that they are a basketball-centric school. They were pouring all their money into football, and in my opinion, it was going in the hole. A lot of people will be pissed at me for saying that, but when you become a national brand in one sport and try and parlay it into something that isn't, shame on you for making that decision up front. So that's what Cooley had to say at Big East uh, Media Day, and... I mean, do you blame the guy? I think he's spot on. There's nothing he said that's too outlandish here. Um, UConn is a basketball-centric school. 
they're the women's basketball team is a bigger brand. It draws more fans than the football team. So like, I, I, again, I, I just don't see the viability in investing in a, a program like that. Like I just, I, and Cooley saying what he said, he's dead on. Um, but of course, uh, Danny Hurley, coach of UConn, former coach at URI catches wind of this, you know, him and, Cooley have had their battles in the past, uh, even went as far as as having like an on-court little dust-up, which was friggin' awesome. Um, I thought it was great for the state of Rhode Island for hoops, um, and, and their rivalry was great. But So, so Hurley catches wind of, of these comments, and this is what, what he had to say in response. Wow, pontificating on us. I disagree with that. I don't take offense to it, I guess. Wait, hold on. First of all, clearly Danny Hurley takes offense to this, which I have no understanding as to why. Like, first of all, you coach the basketball program. You have nothing to do with the football program. So why do you care if somebody says something about the football program? Um, You know, I think Danny Hurley... He's a great coach. I, I think he's he did wonders at, at Wagner at URI, and uh, I think he'll do great things at Connecticut. Um, you know, he 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 gets his kids to play hard. He recruits guys that, that have a chip on their shoulder and that play hard, that want to play for him. His players seem to really like him. I think he's a great coach, um, but he's kind of got this like Napoleon complex to him. I guess you know, I, I kind of do myself, but. Um, you look at it, Danny Hurley comes from the prestigious basketball family, the Hurleys, uh, his father, longtime high school coach in the New York, New Jersey area. Um, his brother, Bobby Hurley had this great successful career at Duke university, uh, playing point guard for them. Um, whereas Danny played at Seton Hall and you know didn't have as illustrious of a career, um, you know, you know, he didn't have any professional career, whereas Bobby did go off to the NBA. Unfortunately, his career was cut short by, by what I believe was a car accident or a motorcycle accident. But uh, needless to say, he is now the coach, Bobby Hurley, that is, is now the coach at Arizona State, and he's doing some things. So we get it, Danny. You're the third Hurley, and you feel like you got something to prove, but you know, I just don't see the need to get up in arms about Cooley's comments. He goes on to say, "We recruited a cook, a Kirk, excuse me, a cook, a cook, James Boaknight, Jalen Gaffney, and R.J. Cole, and we're in pretty good position to bring in a top fifteen, top ten recruiting class. Before, I guess the Biggie saved us. All right, clearly trying to take more shots at PC. The first recruit that he brings up." ironically, is a cook, a cook, a guy that PC was heavily involved in recruiting, um, guy that played his high school ball, his, his AAU ball in New England. He's from New Hampshire, I believe. Um, a guy that PC was, again, was really heavily recruiting and unfortunately lost out to UConn. He ends up committing there last year, enrolled in school early, but did not play. Um, will make his debut for UConn this year. Um but it's like, you know, of course, Danny Hurley's got to bring up a cook, a cook as like a shot at PC. Like, 
it's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then he, he continues on here. Our basketball program was well on its way to doing what I'd done at Wagner and what I'd done at Rhode Island. All right, again, nobody is questioning your resume, buddy. Like, you did great things at Wagner. You did great things at URI. Granted, you only beat Providence once, but you did good things. Nobody's questioning that. Um, clearly, this guy is, like, overcompensating here. Uh, and then he goes on, I remember my years five and six in the state of Rhode Island. We were kind of the thing with our performance in March, winning our league and advancing in the NCAA tournament. First of all, a lot of URI fans will say this, you know, they think they have the trump card over PC because they have the one extra NCAA tournament win. But let's be real. I, I think I'd rather go to five consecutive NCAA tournaments than to go to two. Um, you know, URI did have success in the tournament. They beat Creighton. Um, I forget the other team they beat, but, um, you know, they ended up losing to a really good Oregon team. Um, you know, they lost to that Duke team with Wendell Carter, Marvin Bagley, those guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he definitely had success at, at URI, but, I mean, dude, you were one in five against Cooley at URI. So let's not, like, think, you know – you were the talk of the town in Rhode Island. Um, you know, you, you guys, you guys do well. I, I'm not going to deny that, but, um, you know, talking a lot of smack for a guy that is only beaten Cooley and PC once in six attempts. Um, but so he, he finally finishes his comments. The biggies is certainly going to help UConn and UConn is certainly getting its act together right now. And we were way before we returned to the Big East. So there you have it. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is great, to be honest with you. Uh, I do love the back and forth, even though I think Hurley is really out of line here. But um, I love it, man. I, I, I think UConn, uh, coming back, the battles with PC, it's going to be awesome. And what I, what I would tell UConn fans is, you know, when you come back to the Big East, that program, that Providence College program that you played in the old Big East, they're dead and gone. Um, PC is a really good program right now. And, you know, join, UConn joined the new Big East. Just get ready, man. Bring it on. Because this fire team isn't going to back down to, to UConn. Um, and, you know, to... to for Jeff Jacobs to tell the article, Hurley versus Cooley has that old Big, Big East feel. I really think it does. Uh, you know, the Big East, the old Big East was built on rivalries like this. And I'm all for it. But um, relax, Danny. Um, again, the story kind of got buried. Uh, UConn, that, that aforementioned James Boaknight got arrested. So that story kind of pushed this one down the headlines here. But um, but yeah, uh, that that's that's all I got here um, for the Province Crier podcast, very first episode. We'll be back next week again. You can read my blog, theprovidencecrier.wordpress.com. 
Follow me on Twitter. That's at Providence Crier. And uh, ho- hope to to have you back next week. Um, th- this isn't just going to be me ranting um, and going on the entire time. I am going to get some guest co-hosts with me. Um, I'll try and get some cool guests as well. That will be really interesting for Firetown. I'm just trying to have fun with this. Um, and I hope you had fun listening. And I uh, hope to see you next week. Go Friars! Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way about a hoop, ay Crossover, I might go to L.E.U. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school P.C., you know we on go, ay Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ay Fall down, bounce back like M.A. Ho, ay I'm the alpha dog, D.I.L.O. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh? Cross over, I might throw the you. But they sleeping on me, well let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah